Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And a Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 531. Mr. Savage. Something like that. Gulfstream Park. Huzzah! We're back Let's at go, Gulfstream baby. Park. Ooh. I know. I'm excited. Mike's excited. I hope you're excited, too. The uh, the best racing by far this weekend at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 2nd. 14 races. The last, I think, half of the card, at least, is all graded stakes. You also have an uh, ungraded stakes earlier in the card that's pretty great. So many great horses have shown up. But we didn't get everybody back from Pegasus Day. But we got a lot of horses back from Pegasus Day, Mike. Yeah, even another baby Yoda sighting sitting 12 to 1 on the morning line in, one of, in an undercard race. You got a little bit of everything oh here for you. Come on. You, who doesn't love baby Yoda? <laughs> uh, you know, I would not I would raise my hand, but uh, I might have put him on top. You can check that out in the Inside Betting Bible, whatever it's Boy. called. Yeah, I, I have not seen odds. This will be the first time I've seen odds uh, for the whole baby, card. So. Baby Yoda's um, 12 to 1. 12 to 1, I heard that. There's a 20 to 1 shot in the first lug of this late pick five that you and I both are using, so we'll talk about her in a little bit as well. The Devona Dale is a Kentucky Oaks prep race. It's not in the pick five. It yep. kicks off the pick six. Uh, a big reason for that, probably because the juvenile cha Phillies champion, just FYI, returns in that spot. Since we're not covering it, who's your top pick there? Ah, I am... Man, I kind of want to take a shot. I, I like Leslie's Rose over just FYI, but just FYI, I've been wrong about that horse like four times. It's actually three because she's been in, in three races. Three races. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were wrong about her workout that one time too, don't forget. Yeah, that's fair. So there we go, four times. I kind of like Queen Queen's Martini. Uh, 10 to 1 on the morning line, uh, Saez, Gargan. Horse that was favored last time out, I thought ran pretty good after a tough start. Um, and now you're getting a much bigger price uh, based on what we saw last time. And I like, look, I respect Leslie's Road. I respect just FYI. It feels like there's an upset in this race every single year. Like you kind of have to go price hunting. And I, I, <clears throat> when you look at this, Leslie's Road and just FYI both be sub two to one. Everyone else you're getting value on. And so I kind of like going everyone else somewhere or going with one of the other fellies. The uh, I, I like the uh, the eight into I can't remember who I put on top, but I, I remember liking into Champagne a lot too yeah. because how often do you have an Ian Wilkes trainee that starts off two for two? <laughs> like, okay, mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. <laughs> why not? Uh, you know, buy into Mishavava Spitestown Mare, so this one turn mile setup might be as far as she wants to run, but uh, yeah, it looks like a really well bred filly to uh, to get the job done. Uh, but yeah, the just FYI, it is exciting. We'll get to see her uh, return, and uh, she'll go up against Leslie's Rose, whose form was flattered by Gunsung coming back from that allowance race and dominating horses. So uh, just be careful taking. Well, you're lucky you got just FYI in there. You don't have to worry about too short of a price. But yeah, fun race. But we got a fun sequence for you. It's the late pick five at Gulfstream Park Saturday, March second, headlined by the final race, the Fountain of You Stakes. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Magic Mike Show. Okay, nope. I'm forgiven because I wasn't here last week. Nope. We're gonna try this again. Riders up! Uh, yeah, sorry about yeah, that. And I've got the, and I've got this up. I am so 
So rusty. Thank you. Special thanks to you and Aaron for filling in for me last week. Let's see if hopefully that's the last. I haven't muted myself yet. Yeah. But the show just started four minutes ago, so we'll see how we do here. Like Kicking off the late. To mute myself at some point. Uh, yeah, it'll be a shorter price than just FYI when she breaks from the gate there. <laughs> First leg of the Gulfstream Park, late pick five, Saturday, March second, race ten. It's the Grade One. The sorry, Grade Three. Jesus, Grade Three, the very one. I've even got a script and I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> ten holder fillies and mares, rattling a mile and three eighths on the turf. Save me, Michael. Who are you putting on top? Oh, I'm going to be a little bit chalky to start out this race. We're going for a price in the uh, the third spot. We're going to go three deep here, and we're going to start with the five horse sister, Luann. This is a horse who ran well, I thought, last both of the last two stars. I thought she ran pretty well in the uh, Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mare Turf Invitational. It was a huge price that day, 43 to 1. It kind of fit. She was up in above her head. Uh, she ran a pretty good seventh place, which sounds kind of funny, but she was close to the pace, was a little bit wide for the most majority of the race, ended up only missing by two lengths to Didia, who would be one to nine in this spot right so to me sister luann here who i think has a pace edge as well if you look through this race the only other real speed is going to come out of the nine horse angela natsuko um who i'm not sure is really paced to be honest with you the, the reason why yeah. that horse is projected to be up front is because of a mile and an eighth race at santa anita where they went 51 115 that ain't gonna cut it here uh so i think sister <laughs> no. luann has it her own way up front and she is awfully dangerous in this spot if that's the case uh, I agree with you. Not my top pick, but I did use her. And, and to kind of yes and what you're saying, the five and the nine look like the two most likely front runners. They're both from Safi. And Jose's yeah. on the five, who's breaking more inside of the nine. You got that short run into the far turn because we're doing three turns on the turf here. So, uh, yeah, I used her. I'm really not sure that the breeding will get her a mile and three eighths in most scenarios because Frost is her sire. But we saw four of her rivals in this very race all lose their last race in the grade three La Prevoyant because you had a pace setter going three turns for the first time who got out to an easy lead. Now, I would like this horse better if Saez was aboard instead of Jose, but Jose is more than capable of riding uh, a front runner all the way around the other spot here. So I'm with you on this one. You're also, you know, getting a class drop because she's not in the Pegasus Philly Mare turf, which was way too high of a jump for her. She probably should have been in the La Prevoyant. Um, she didn't get the early lead there and just had no shot. So we agree on this one. There's another horse we agree on, but I'll tell you my top pick first. I'm going to the outside. Number 10, R. Callie Kim, who I'm actually surprised isn't the favorite in this race. Uh, the post might hurt her, but her usual running style is to drop way back early and then come flying. Prior to the La Prevoyant, she won four straight turf routes. Uh, went four lengths, eight and a half lengths, eight and a quarter lengths, five and a half lengths back at the first call. She's going to be out wide. That doesn't matter. Just pull her back, go to the rail, save ground, and don't worry about all the ground you're going to have to try and make up later because she's more than capable of doing it. Last race in La Prevoyant, I feel like she was a lot closer to that early pace because there was nobody in there to push Alpha Bella. And then so the jockeys, the smart ones, all went, you got to be closer to her if you want to have a shot. She had the best chance at getting Alpha Bella. That horse just had a little bit left in the stretch. But two wins, two narrow seconds in the Gulfstream Park turf. And you're getting Tyler Gaffleone back aboard. He was aboard for her first three wins in that recent four-win stretch. So all of that to say, R. Kelly Kim's my top pick. Yeah, this was one of the ones I decided to fade. And I, I understand, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think there's a bunch of reasons why you could like R. R Callie Kim. I like the fact that she showed some speed against Alpha Bella last time. So it feels like she won't be too far back if she doesn't need to be. Uh, surprised Ortiz chose the five i think that's kind of telling here it's one of the reasons why i ended up on the five over the ten i assume he had the choice between the two although tgaf is three for three with this horse so it's not like it's a, a bad and he's brendan walsh's favorite jockey i would more say that tgaf got it back so jose ortiz was aboard two back at aqueduct 
I, Walls probably gave him the mount back in the La Prevoyant and then said, never mind, we're going with Tyler. Yeah, my, like, my thoughts. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll never know. And nor do I think it's all that relevant either, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm my biggest concern with our Cali Kim is I thought that there was a step forward that needed to be had. And I don't love it when I take a horse who's in the 10 post who needs to take that step forward, who also is closing into a paceless race. And all of that kind of fit the, the, the reasoning for me to end up leaving the 10 off the ticket. And also, like, I'm using the five, who's the favorite. I'm using the seven Cairo concert, who's the second choice. I don't really want to use the third choice who I'm not that high on if I'm going to use those two. So the seven horse was second on Makes my sense. ticket. Uh, I think this is a pretty logical one. Again, Cairo consort was in the Pegasus Philly Mare turf invitational as well, probably over our head in that spot to be completely honest. And now dropping back into what is the class that I think fits her the best, the big concern, the distance. I'm not really that concerned about the distance based on the way she's been closing in these other races. Um, you get Irid Ortiz back aboard. Todd Pletcher trains this one. And I think Cairo Consort kind of sits the trip here. Like, we're talking about, okay, the five horse and the nine horse, your two speeds. Seven should be saving every step of ground around these three turns and be just, just right behind those two. So just pocket it up, gets first run on the five. Um, to me, that, that the, again, it's, it's just a perfect situation for Cairo Consort trip-wise. You know Ortiz is going to find the right spot for her. And I just... If anyone is able to sit right behind Sister Luann and run her down, before really place her runner down, to me, it's Cairo Consort. And yeah, the, the distance is the big question. Voshan's mentioning that. Can stretch out two more furlongs? I don't think Pletcher puts her here if she can't. Like, to be honest with you, it's, it's not like it's a situation where you can't find races that fit her because she can go a mile. She can go in a mile and 16. She's been able to sprint before. So you have a bunch of spots you could put her in. And to choose to put her here tells me that Heath believes she can get it. So I will, too. Uh, and to that point as well, there is a race, literally three races from now we're going to talk about that's a mile, older fillies and mares, grade three. That would, if you thought that the distance was too big of an issue for her, that's where Pletcher probably would put her in the grade three honey fox, but he didn't. Uh, I, I didn't use her. I am worried about that. I, I'm going to try and take a shot against her, but she loves Gulfstream Park. Right? She's a lot better at Gulfstream than she's been at other spots. If you scratch off the Pegasus Philly mare turf, I, she's got a very strong record at Gulfstream Park. Um, like I said, and that's all third off the layoff. So there are reasons to to love her in here. I went with the 10 over the 7. I kind of thought they were similar and that they're going to drop back and come flying late. I just went with the one that I know is proven at the distance rather than the one that is on the, you think, on the improve. At least her, I don't have buyers, but her time forms, the last two races that she's had, those are the best two time form figures that she's had in her career. Yeah, everything has gotten better uh, consistently. The Edgewood's a little down, but everything else has been uh, on an upward trajectory. Also ran third to Alphabella in that that debut, the seasonal debut back on December 23rd. Uh, Alphabella ran third. She ran fourth. She was just a half length behind her. We saw Alphabella come back and be able to beat a bunch of these. So that's flattering as well. Yeah, look, it's a horse on the upswing. I think she can get the distance. I think she sits the perfect trip. And again, it, to me, it was a seven or the 10. Who do you use? I use the seven instead of the 10. Um, the horse we're both using, who is just bombs away here. I'm, I'm happy we're both on this horse. The two, Highland Grace, 20 yeah. to one. And based on this, based on the fact we've already seen a couple people mention the two in the <laughs> chat, and the fact that we're both using the two, tells me we may not get 20 to one on this horse. But this is a horse that what showed a ton of promise uh, midway through last year. Pratt rode this one twice for Barkley Tagged, two wins over the Belmont Turf Course, ran it uh, Backwaduck in pretty good graded stakes races eternal hope end up ends up winning both of those comes back to la praviette 
I thought got a rough trip, was multiple wide, both turns. It's only a seven-horse field. Had to break out of the seven post. Was five wide, five wide into the lane. Nothing really went well for her. Now you get second off a layoff. She drops a little bit of weight. You get Alvarado back, who rode her well uh, in the Sands Point. To me, this is just one of those spots where you're getting a great price on a horse that logically could take a massive step forward. On top of that, we've got that nice 47 and change work last time out over the Prairie Meadows. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Palm Meadows turf course as well. I, 20 to one's a heck of a price. I don't think we're going to get it because everyone's on it, but Highland Grace should take a big time step forward and make sense in this spot. Yeah, you nailed all the points and all the reasons I like as well. Uh, I, this is the last horse to make it on my ticket, and so now that I see she's 20 to 1, I'm like, I'm really glad that I threw her on here. Uh, one other note, Barkley Tag, first off the layoff, not usually when you want to play him. Second off the layoff, that's when you want to see Barkley Tag. Uh, old school Drake trainer meme? runs him into shape. Can you want to do the top part of the Drake meme? Or the bottom? What's the, do I don't know what the Drake, Drake, meme? The Drake meme? He's like... And then, and then they're like... Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Our podcast listeners are loving this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like you said, the uh, <coughs> all the points that you made were great. I'm not worried about gaining. Uh, recent Saudi Cup winning jockey Junior Alvarado aboard here after losing Flavian Pratt. So yeah, we're both on the two uh, Highland Grace. And like Doc says, great. The both of you have the the bomb, so it's going to go off at five to one. <laughs> I'm, I should have said Senor Buscador, huzzah. That's a good call. Like, I'm so happy for that horse, man. Love yeah. that horse. That was so great. All right, let's move on, Mike. Second leg of the Gulfstream Park, late pick five on Saturday, March 2nd, race 11. The grade two Gulfstream Park, mile for eight older males, running a one-turn mile on the dirt. Where'd you go on top? Oh, I went to the wedding, so I guess I can try and go to the funeral here. Give me the five. Uh, Tumba Rumba here. Had this horse last time at eight to one, and we're getting a much worse price here. Price here at eight to five. But this is a four-year-old who has just gotten better and better and better and showed that that uh, ability last time, was able to just get up late to be able to win the Fred Hooper. Uh, I think has a very good shot at going back-to-back -back and winning the Gulfstream Spark Mile here. The, I don't see why this horse doesn't get better. Like, that's the thing. This is a early four-year-old horse, third off the layoff. Like, improvement is there. And I remember texting the group and everyone being not happy when Tumbo Rumbo won last time. I think <laughs> people will be happier this time when Tumbo Rumbo wins back. Unfortunately, the price, instead of 8-1, to one, is going to be 8-5. to five. Uh, it, Yeah. Uh, you did? Yes. You very you deserve to uh, play this horse at 8-5. And I'm going to tell you, uh, when I looked back at that race and, like, when he won, I looked at the, the PPs and I'm like, this... It made it made so much sense. I just was so blinded by Hijazi's dumbass that I couldn't get off the fat. I was like, it's Baffert, speed, one turn mile, Hijazi, man. Yeah, that that didn't work out very well for me that day. So at least not with that horse. So, uh, but you know when it, the horse had that second uh, in the Louisiana bred stakes, that was a loose gate to wire winner in a four horse field. Like that's if if that horse said that went gate to wire hadn't won, it was complete. It probably was Hijazi, honestly, Hijazi's. Uh, Echo or something like that, but the last six races, four wins, the second, and then a third beaten by two noses. So gotta love that. Size and Lynch, forty-seven percent winners together in the last year, including three or four starts with this horse. Like I said, I'm mad at myself for not using this horse because I would have cashed the whole entire pick five if it not for Jazzy, but yeah. uh, but I didn't. Um, well, you, you take out so the two ahead. mile and you take out the two mile and eighth rec, re, runs, and it's even better too. I mean, it wasn't bad in in the like, Louisiana Classic where, he, like you said, ran second to a loose leader, or the Oklahoma Derby where he ran third. But like the miles on either side of it are even more impressive. And I like again, I think this horse takes a step forward off that. I don't disagree with Dustin here, uh, Dennis here, who said Steel Sunshine didn't get it the best trip. 
I, I agree mm-hmm. with that. I don't think Jumbo Rumba got the best trip either. I think it was a kind of a messy race overall. Um, and I, and I think the four or the three, we kind of know what Steel Sunshine is. I think with Jumbo Rumba, there's still upside. I did. So looking at the odds here, I'm like, crap. I kind of, I very much chalked out, but uh, kind of. I went two, three, five in this spot, and I'll, t- I'll talk about Steel Sunshine. Watching the Fred Hooper, the horse I, I just hopped in them was completely last by. <laughs> it wasn't on screen for the most of the backstretch there, uh, but ranged up steadily on the backstretch, sustained the rally through the turn while going super wide, and yet he still had enough energy to finish within three quarter lengths of the top two. Um, the top two would have been coming back here, except Castle Chaos is scratching for the Stymie at Aqueduct. So he's <laughs> he saw what happened with Tumbarum and was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm going to go get an easy win up at Aqueduct. But I think with Paco aboard Steel Sunshine, as long as the horse doesn't break poorly, should be right there with Tumbarumba. Uh So I did use him. And then the two class, uh, Wit is a class play for me. It's a multiple grade three winning dirt sprinter. Should perfectly handle the one turn mile setup. And I like seeing Irad back in the saddle after someone else was riding him the last seven starts. So it's a class play. Uh, he is proven on dirt and turf. And it's interesting to me that this is where Pleasure decides to bring him back for his five-year-old campaign instead of going back to the turf where he had been running for a while. Yeah, I looked at Wit for a while. Um, I'm surprised we're back on dirt. The course is capable on dirt. So no no knock against it. Just surprised mm-hmm. that we are back on dirt. I can't take three to one. I mean, to me, that was like when I was handicapping it, that was the biggest issue for me. Like if mm-hmm. I'm getting 10 to one on wit here, yeah, let's talk about it. But at three to one against horses that are proven against uh, over the surface at this distance. And honestly, like the threes in form, the four is in form, the five is in form, the six has won two straight. Gilmore has big dirt races, even at, especially at this distance. Uh, getting to, to the two was, was tough for me because of that and the price there. Um, although it is Pletcher and Ortiz, like would anyone be shocked? No, but it's just the price wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is you knew that based off of his last few races, he was, you know, three to one in an off turf sloppy. And then he was nine to five and, you know, nine to five, two to one, three to five, seven to, like he gets bet heavily and it's the connections and the self-appointed commissioner is going to be throwing all of his, uh, uh, vitamin water money at it. So yeah, I got that. Um, I couldn't, I tried talking myself into using your other horse. I, Refuse to ever accept that Il Miracolo is a good horse. Like yeah, he's a great underneath horse. He is not. I can. I mean, if he wins this, I'll you know I'll, I'll definitely eat crow. But I cannot believe that Il Miracolo could win this race. Tell me why he's going to. Don't do that to a crow, man. Just don't do that to a crow. Um, <laughs> who gets the lead? Uh, that is a good question. I thought I was thinking the seven ticking might try and go for it. I think it's the four, Il Miracolo. I think I think this horse goes gate to wire. Has a very good shot at going gate to wire. And if you need more proof, just point back to the one mile at Gulfstream and a hundred thousand dollar allowance. The horse was able to go gate to wire there, going twenty three forty five. I think Sano sees this, that Castellano sees this, and they say, "Let's cook it. Let's just go." And even that last race, they went forty six and one to the half mile. This horse was only three lengths off of that pace. There's gas here early for Irmila Colo. I like the class drop. I like the cutback and distance. I, I think this one has a shot to take this field gate to wire. And I think nine to two is not a bad price. I mean, I get it. The horse is like, you, you're like, okay, I'm never going to pick Aaron McColl. Fine. But lost to trademark, lost to O'Connor, lost to Saudi crown, lost to national treasure. None of those horses are in here. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a big time class drop when you're like, Hey, guess what? It's Tumbarumba who was eight to one in a grade three last time is your favorite. <laughs> That's a little different than national treasure. That's a little different than Archangelo. That's a little different than Saudi crown than O'Connor. Like, to me, this is this is a race where Irmir Cole is awfully dangerous, and the price is 
not bad at all. He should be the second choice in this race in my mind. He's sitting up there at nine to two. The uh, yeah, the two of his three wins in his career, the two wins he had at Gulfstream, both at this one turn mile setup, both won gate to wire. So there is that potential for it, but. Uh, it's also interesting that he's here, that he's cut back to a one-turn mile. Like Kevin's asking if it's too short for him. I don't think so. I mean, clearly yeah. we just read off his past performances from the, those yeah. one-turn mile setups. So uh, I know he's a gun runner out of a tap at Mare, but you know maybe he's just best as a miler. That's fine. It's not a guarantee he's going to be a two-turn stud. So I respect you for using it. I do want to bring up the fact that I did text Doc and I said, before you even say anything in the chat, do not bet Gilmore. Do not, do not, do not bet Gilmore. And he said... Don't worry, I'm off of Gilmore, which means I think Gilmore's winning this race because his biggest <laughs> fan in the world finally said no thank you. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I, Gilmore in the right spot still can probably win. The last time we saw Gilmore win, though, was a off-the-turf race at Saratoga going a mile where he sat the perfect trip and was a 70 cent on the dollar favorite. It was also the last time we saw the horse on Lasix. Um, we, like, to me, there's just there's too much going against this horse. Would I be shocked if Gilmore won? No, because again, there's not a world beater in here. This is this is not right. the best field ever. So yeah, Gilmore could win. Shaq Diesel could win, who's won two two races in a row and jumping yeah. up in class. Like there's a world where someone else wins here. I just I I think Yilmir Cole's class stands over this field, and, and you could even argue Witt's class stands over this field. Like if 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 Witt had run all those races on dirt. I would be saying which should probably be your favorite in this spot because all of them came on turf. The class is more on the turf side than the dirt side. To me, Irma Colo stands over them from a class perspective on dirt, and Tumba Rumba is the horse who has the best chance to take a step forward off the best race coming into this. Uh, it is definitely... Uh, I, I like the Fred Hooper a lot better than this race. And I got the Fred Hooper wrong. I like the Fred Hooper better than this race. <laughs> I like the Fred Hooper better than this race, too. <laughs> I the one winner, baby. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, uh, listen. At, at 8 to 5, we'll just make sure we hit all five legs this time. It doesn't matter what price Tumba Rumba is. Third leg of the Gulfstream Park, late pick five on Saturday, March 2nd, race 12. It's the grade three Canadian turf for 10 older males routing a mile and a 16th on the grass. Where'd you go on top? Oh, give me the three on top. Um, I like Emmanuel here. This spot, spot fits well. The court, the horse has tactical speed, two for two over this turf, over the distance, one for one over the Gulfstream Park turf. Uh, two to one, the price isn't great, but the, the horse seems like the best horse in this spot. Uh, I am going to go look at a little, little frisky after that, but I think do think Emmanuel is a deserving favorite. Yeah, we have uh, two of we each using three horses. We agree on two of them, including our top pick. Yeah, I'm with you. It's after trying the Grade One Four Star Dave. It's been a long time since we've seen him, but you know, Grade One Four Star Dave and Casa Creed down to this. Uh, yeah, that's a class drop. Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, go ahead. One on debut. One coming came coming back on the the debut in 2023. So you know the horse can handle a layoff as well. Yeah, yeah, and plus four-time graded stakes winner on turf. Done it at a mile, done it a mile and eighth, done it twice at a mile and the 16th uh, this distance. And when I rad rides, three starts, two wins, a narrow third uh, on a manual. The other horse we're using is who Shotty's with, and that's the number two, Smoking Tea for Shook McGahee and John Velasquez. Uh, this is the other horse we agree on. Hit the board in all eight starts last year, won three of those, including a grade three and an ungraded stakes. Um, all three wins came with Johnny Via board. He's a consistent horse. He's got the talent to win the race. He just kind of needs the right trip. Uh, I prefer if he takes back to mid-pack instead of pressing the one, but who I think is probably going to go to the lead. But um, I, that, that's where I see with this horse. Just just give him a stalking trip. That seems to be his best effort. 
Yeah, I think the one goes. Um, we'll see if Giant Game is in this race. I kind of would be surprised if Giant Game is in this one, but we'll see that. That to me is the other pace here. I think if you're the two, you just let the one go. You're just like, okay. Yeah. Try and go gate to wire. We'll see what you can do. And, and John Velasco is a smart enough jockey to allow that to happen as well. You don't you don't want to be sitting too wide, too wide, and then take it over. You do want to be up front if you're going to see a slow pace. And to me, outside of Saratoga Flash, there's no speed in here. And if that's the case, then I think smoking teeth, it's a very good trip. And like the thing is, Emmanuel is going to be coming up back from a little bit or coming from a little bit further back. So I, I want to make sure I have some coverage there with the horses who I think are going to be more up front. And smoking tea just fits that to a T, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, also, like you look at some of the races and you're like, well, he didn't run that well in, in, at Pimlico. Well, the, the turf was good. And that's kind of a funky turf course anyway. Like I'm willing to cross a line through that. It was a four horse race. It was just a weird, weird race. Everything else fits or beats the rest of this group outside of Emmanuel. So yep. you've got to make a case for why someone's going to take a step forward. I know Atone has a couple wins, but like the Atone wins were <laughs> funky. And in November of 22 and early 23, like we're far away from that. So, uh, yeah, to me, I like me some smoking tea here. So I'm, I'm through two, three. And then my third horse here was the four horse. Um, Turf King is an interesting entry to me here. When you look at this one, Chad Brown decides to come back in this spot. Uh, this just feels like a horse that's ready to roll for him. And there are certain times when you're like, okay, I want this Chad Brown. I don't want that one. At eight to one, I'm interested. Gaffleone rode this horse in both of the wins, so I don't mind that Gaffleone is the rider who's up here. We saw this horse uh, break the maiden over the synthetic, went to Keeneland, got a nice win there over more than looks, so that's a pretty flattering one. You even go to the Monmouth race, Talk of a Nation and Bapio were the horse that beat this one. Not a bad race there. Then goes up, wins at synthetic at a short price. Carrying 118 here, I like that. Um, and this horse is another one that has shown at least some tactical speed and an ability to kick late. So I think the four sits mid-pack. It's a good trip. And I like the 8-to-1 price on Turf King as well. I passed on him here. I was hoping he'd be shorter odds than he is. Um, but two reasons. One, uh, he had three wins last year. They looked very nice. But the one time he didn't win and didn't do well is when the only time he raced without Lasix. He's without Lasix here. So that is a little concerning. But also... I don't know what his buyers look like. His time forms were this. All four races. They were just steady across to the point where he needs like a 12 to 15% improvement on his career best time form if he wants to beat the top horses and hear what their time forms are. So he could do it. First start at four. But I didn't like that we saw a Chad Brown horse just flatline the entire time. That like That's not something that you usually see. You usually see them take a step forward and, and move up at all. So... Uh, I'm going to pass on him here, but I am nervous because it's Chad Brown with TGAF at 8-1. to one. Well, it's it's interesting because it depends how you look at his numbers. If you segment out just his synthetic numbers, he improves first to second race. If you segment out just his turf numbers, he improves first to second race. But because you're jumping surface to surface, it gets a little bit wonky in there because uh, the buyer-wise, his best number was on turf, the the second race on turf at Monmouth which is the race where you mentioned he didn't look great. And so it's interesting that that's one of the races that comes back as the, the best race from a buyer perspective. It's one of the reasons why, to me, buyers and, and time form, you have to kind of look at both and be able to decipher which one is most accurate for those races because time form takes the full race into account where buyers do not take that full race and who did the work early into account. They're looking at really who is rolling late. And so you get two different sets of numbers. Um, just talking buyer-wise, he needs to improve about 12 to 15% to win the race as well. And so that those are accurate. This is one of those spots where I 
like if I'm going to pick someone who's going to do that with a horse, it's Chad Brown going into a four-year-old season after a long layoff who decided to come back, integrated stakes with the jockeys once twice off. Yeah, that's it. Listen, I, like I said, I am I am worried about him. It just like the 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 improvement he needs to make is I, I just liked other horses better, uh, including who I see. Where is it? Trish was bringing him up. Uh, ice chocolate. I'm using ice chocolate here uh, the, all the way out in the 10 post eight to one Isn't morning line. Ice chocolate. It's Brazilian. So. You got to do a little, you got to do a little samba while you say ice chocolate like that. Uh, I don't usually like playing woodbine horses, and that's where this guy was uh, was based for a lot of his time. But uh, he beat allowance horses here going a mile last out. So that to me, he's no longer a woodbine horse. He's a Gulfstream horse. <laughs> You've been um, switched. <laughs> that win, by the way, came from this exact same ten post, which means he had less run up in that race going a mile than he does at a mile on the sixteenth before that first turn. Sias can kind of move him over and get him into a good position. We talked about the four-star day with Emmanuel last year. This horse was third behind Casa Creed in Annapolis. Very good third. He's only had four career two-turn races, Ice Chocolat. But in those four, he's got a win, a second by a nose, the four-star day when he got third, and then he was fourth in the grade three Kelso when he missed third by a head. So this horse can handle two-turn races. It's funny to me that, that he's mostly been a sprinter for Cassie, but... Saya's aboard, uh, as smart a jockey as any of them that are in this race. So uh, I'm going to use him, and I like the 8-1 to one on here. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I went back and forth on Ice Chuck a lot. I was like, I don't know. Um, the last three races have been very good, right? Yep. The four-star Dave was very good. But the four-star Dave is also one of those where it's like he never had a chance to win the race but got a really good buyer because of how it played out and because of who that was in front of him. And so it's one of those where I'm like, meh, it's like a, a, a little bit. If I'm picking a horse on top, there's, I don't give them full credit for those type of races, even though I thought that <laughs> was a good effort. Um, it's going to take a better race than last time to win. I'll tell you that much because that field wasn't great. Um, JP Hellish ran second, headline news third. He didn't get a great trip, though. Um, so I, I don't hate the idea of Ice Chocolate running better. It's just a question of how big of a step forward he can take here. We got a lot of love in the chat for the five Siege of Boston. Mm -hmm. I didn't even consider this horse. And I'm still looking at it. I'm still not considering this horse. Am I crazy? Did you did you have any interest in the five? There's no pace. This is a dead stone closer, and there's no pace for like that's going to melt down in front of him. I, the one I think it's much more likely that the one goes gate to wire at fifteen to one than Siege of Boston gets up at, at eight to one. It, it I mean he has one win at Gulfstream going gate to wire, but those were super slow fractions. He kind of got away with and broke from the rail. Uh, and it was late March. It was, you know, the end of the championship meet there. This horse just needs, he needs too much pace that he's not going to get here. So I, that's why I was against him. Yeah. I mean, this is a tougher field than what he faced last time out. I will say this, like toner, second off the layoff, 27%. Last turf workout, good. Turf workout before that, good. Um, and Ortiz picks up the mount, which is an upgraded jockey. So there, there's definitely some things to like. I, I just couldn't get there. I actually had the one in fourth. The one was the last horse off my ticket here in Saratoga Flash. Um, so if I went, if I've added anybody in the sequence, it would be 15 to one on Saratoga Flash, who if Saratoga Flash gets loose, got a shot. What did you make of this giant game? We haven't seen him since uh, the Clark when he was, uh, I think he just finished uh, the Clark last week. Uh, 14 starts, three wins. He's never been off of dirt. So we show up on turf and he's kind of a front runner, right? At least when he's on yeah. dirt, he's, the, the yeah. breeding says Giants Causeway more than ready, but it's Romans. <laughs> Romans over 16 first turf. 
Um, so right there, that's hard to hard to get on it. And I like I like these type of horses. I'm someone who will use that long shot who's never tried the surface because I think you're getting value in the the fact that it's a new surface. Can we can we run giant game on the synthetic? Like I think I think he'd be great on synth. Like especially with the way that you just mentioned the Giants Causeway out of a more than ready. Like that to me would be a little more interesting than turf. Um, I don't think he ends up running here. Do you? Yeah. He's cross cross centered March first to Tampa. Oh, in a dirt race. Yeah. Oh. No, then he probably doesn't run here. I mean, so <laughs> which to me, which makes the one scarier. Let's be honest, it makes the one yeah. scarier if the nine's not in here to push him. Like I almost thought that this was a, um, I almost thought that this was a uh, main track only type entry, right? Where you're like, hey, we're gonna throw him out there, and if this race ends up not being on the turf for any reason, we love our spot, right? Oh, and it's an allowance race at Tampa too. It's not even a. I was trying to think what what race he could be in over there. Uh, he's gonna it, lose. It on, in, he's gonna lose that race to Golden Glider. So, would you rather lose to Golden Glider in allowance or be last of ten in this race? Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. see what happens. I my, my my I think he ends up at Tampa. That's yeah, maybe it, for the horse's sake, that's the better place to go. Uh, we'll move on. The penultimate leg of the late pick five Saturday, March 2nd at Gulfstream Park. Race 13, it's the grade three Honey Fox. 11 older fillies and mares routing a mile on the turf. This is the race where I was saying if Cairo Consort couldn't get a mile three eighths, she, she would be here. This is exactly where she should be, but she's not. So who is your top pick? I'm getting frisky in this race. Uh, I'm using three horses. None of them shorter than nine to two. My top pick's going to be the three horse. Be my sunshine for Safi Joseph. Alvarado gets the mount here. Uh, the last race was brutal. If you go back and you watch the stretch run specifically, this horse never really got to run uh, at Tampa Bay Downs. Horse loves Gulfstream Park. One for two. Um, I'm sorry, three for four with a second place in the race where she was not up top. Four-year-old moving forward later in the season. Uh, this just feels like all systems go here for the three. Be my sunshine, who I think is uh, also has tactical speed here. And you go through this race, and you're kind of like, okay, where is the pace going to come from? I mean, for my for the flag is going to go, but after that, it just doesn't feel like there's a ton there. I expect time passage goes too, but that means that you have two horses, and who sits right behind them? The three horse. Be my sunshine who's able to run them down in the lane. So I'll take the three on top. Almost made her my top pick. Uh, yeah, uh, she's finished on the board in seven of eight turf starts. Uh, the lone time she didn't hit the board, she was thir missed third by a head, so been right there. If you talk, uh, you talk about the grade three endeavor at Tampa last out, uh, there was a loose on the lead later, had to check really hard because the leader in the stretch just kept doing this and this and this. I'm not sure she would have won without that, but I think she would have been there at, you know, lost by a head, lost by a neck, instead of saying a length and a half because the jockey oversold the shit out of that having to check was like mm -hmm. checked and then kept checking to the point where you're like if they get this lead horse dq'd with your acting the other horse is going to win because you just got back to third you dummy don't do that and you got to remember they flew home too they went 112 and three to the six furlongs they came home in a mile and 16th at 141 I mean, that that mm. is fast. That is a very very fast finishing time there. So, I, it was a quick race with a, a lone leader who went forty nine one thirteen. The only horse that really was making up any ground was Be My Sunshine, who was forced to check. It just feels like she's sitting on a big one, and that last race is not the tail of her talent. Uh, so we agree on that one. That was my second pick. Uh, my top pick, 
Ooh, I, I had to know she was going to be a short price here. I played her in the Pegasus Philly Turf, so I'm allowed to play Chili Flag at 9 to 5 here. I loved her in that spot, didn't get the job done. Um, I, it was a little bit too much of a class S for her, but she was just a length behind the top two finishers at the wire. Prior to that, she'd hit the board in all six starts for Chad Brown, including two wins. I rads back in the saddle after riding her four times in the past. From those four starts, two wins, two narrow seconds. Again, class drop. This fits her a lot better. Um, I like that we're here and we're not trying to go to the mile, eight, mile three eights, the very one. This is a better spot for her. The 9 to 5 price hurts. I'm not going to lie. But I listen, like I said, I played her in the Pegasus Philly Turf. I'm allowed to play her here. <laughs> you are allowed to play her here. I hope she doesn't win. I'm going to try and beat her here because of the price. The 9 to 5 price on a horse that is going to be a uh, dead closer or a horse that likes to close. I shouldn't say dead yes. closer. Has some tactical speed, but generally not very forwardly placed. I I just think the price is too short here. And I, I, I'm not going to knock her from a talent perspective. But that, like, if you look at her numbers before that race, there's nothing that stands out over this field that should make her anywhere near a 9 to 5 favorite. And even with that race... She doesn't stand out as a nine to five favorite over this field, right? I mean, that to me is the mm -hmm. thing is that if, if she runs back to that and you take comparable races from other people, she should be like a three to one, seven to two favorite. And you should have a lot of horses right around that price. I just feel like that nine to five price is short. And I think she gets bet heavily in this race because there's people are going to look at Be My Sunshine, who is the second choice on the board. They're not going to want to like love to play her off that last race. And then after that, you've got a lot of lukewarm horses. We're going to have people with opinions, but no one's going to go out there and hammer any of them. So to me, Chili Flag is going to be a, someone who I think a lot of people are going to lean on in this pick five as a single and who I think is going to end up being pretty heavily bet in the race. So I decided to leave her off. For me, the second horse on was the four horse expansive second off the layoff here for Pletcher and Rapoli Jose or Rapoli Jose, <laughs> not Roly Poli, Jose Ortiz <laughs> out here. Um, and this is another one where like, if you look at that last race, everything kind of went wrong early for expansive. And that's why the horse was six lengths off There's 11 horse or 12 horse field broke out of the 11 post, got bumped early, was forced wide on both turns, um, ends up six lengths off the lead at the half mile point. The horse has never been more than a half length off the lead at the half mile point before. I think Spansive gets a lot better trip from the poor post here. I didn't think that was a bad effort at all off the layoff. It's logical she takes a step forward off of that race as well. I like the fact that we showed a different uh, a different style where you're like, you wanted to be forwardly placed. You don't break, but you still were able to close, still able to pass horses. It shows the ability for Spansive to be able to stock in this spot as well. So uh, the four horse, I think, is a nice price there at 12 to 1. Uh, did you end up on the four? I didn't because I I feel like this horse's best race is when she goes tries to go gate to wire and it, to her credit she is uh, more inwardly drawn than the other pace the seven nine eleven I just think that there's too much pace in here and if she doesn't get the lead early she doesn't win that's that's what her form is shown in four start so I passed on her here uh, right. but I think right. she's a good filly she will win one of these races just not here here's the problem I have with that uh, I don't the the mile and an eighth was probably a little too much in the wander again and she broke from the seven post and was kind of outside chasing that whole race so i don't think that's a fair thing i think that last race showed that she can pass horses and she didn't win the race because of the trip that she got but at least it showed mm -hmm. that she can pass horses and so my idea here is that she sits on the inside of all of that other speed and she and be my sunshine are those two horses that are able to sit right behind and then be able to go we'll see if it sets up that way we'll see if we're right but at least the price at 12 to 1 offers you some value in that spot um one horse that we did agree on magic was my mm -hmm. last horse in and your last horse in the two candy light what'd you like about her 
Uh, to me, this is a solid closer. I was thinking there's going to be a lot of speed in here. This is a solid closer. One first time off the bench. First time out for Safi. Nice late closing kick. Reeled in and passed a front runner who'd won her last four starts on the Gulfstream Park synth, including three stakes. So a very hard horse to beat in that situation. And still got the job done. Now runs second off the bench. Second time at age five and keeps Tyler Gaffleyon aboard. So everybody's going, I can't believe we're getting 12 to one on Spanted. I love the rain 10 to one on Candylight. Yeah, I, I like the price on this one, too. I, it feels like she's as good on turf as she is on synthetic. That first effort out in the five-year-old season, I thought was a really good one. She had to steady at one point in that race, still able to get up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think she's a dead closer. Uh, I do think that she's going to get the, the right style here, though, to be able to chase. She's probably sitting, what, sixth on the inside, seventh on the inside, something like that, around both turns. Um, she's, she's, she's live here, and I, I think it's interesting that – it's interesting to me that Saez is on the nine, like, as Safi's guy, like, what is he doing not on the two or the three? Um, especially the horse who has no chance in this race, right? I mean, we can completely write off the nine. Well, that's the horse that, that I was talking about, the Candy Light reeled in. And, and Zayas has ridden her last seven starts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think I'm counting right. Seven, no, eight starts. Um, yeah. So Zayas, yeah, they, Zayas loves to ride that horse because he's won a lot on her, but he got his butt caught by the two on her on the nine's preferred surface. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Polisa uh, uh, and Zayas are 23% at Gulfstream, 22% overall. So it's not like the numbers aren't good, but I would have thought he would have had the chance to ride the three if he had wanted. He's won on her twice. I'm surprised he didn't end up there. Hey, listen, uh, it, with no offense, but uh, I'm happy that he stays there because you know what that nine's going to do, which is get a lot of the gate and go. And hope for my, for my purposes, burn everybody else out, and these closers are going to come flying. Yeah, All right, Mike. Go ahead. I would say this will be a fun race. Like, if yes, we'll see if Chili Flag wins. I I don't dislike Chili Flag. The price is what I dislike about Chili Flag, and, and that's perfectly fair. Yeah, you're, you're banking on nine to five that she's gonna uh, bounce back strongly from that last race. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five Saturday, March second at Gulfstream Park. It's the one everybody's waiting for. Race fourteen, the Grade Two Fountain of Youth. Nine three year old Colts routing a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt. Uh, we did find out that Speakeasy, we were only supposed to find out tomorrow, which I'm happy that we found out today. Speakeasy is staying in this race. I handicapped that Merritt, who was also cross-centered in that same Friday allowance, he's I handicapped that he'll stay there, especially now that Speakeasy is going to be here. I think they, the smart thing to do would be to go to that allowance. So I handicapped with Merritt scratching. How did you handle it? And then who's your top pick? Well, I got good news for you. Merritt did scratch. Uh, Safi came oh, out. Oh, he said is officially out. Yeah. Okay, good. He will be running in the allowance on Friday. So because Speakeasy's in, Merritt is out, and Merritt will run on Friday. So we're going to have eight heading postward instead of the nine. I'm really surprised who I put on top. Um, before we get into the picks, what what do you think this pace looks like? Like who's I'm setting it or how quick they go? <laughs> both. both. I mean, because like it, it seems like it's going to be muy caliente, right? I think the one and three, just like they did last race, are going to go out there and go after each other. And I think it's going to be similar to what you saw in that debut race form. They went 22 and four, 45.3. Um, if the five door knock stays with him, I think he doesn't have a shot because I think it's just going to burn everybody out. Uh, but those two, you know, one race for each of these horses, neither of them going two turns and they're both drawn inside. I think the one and three, phew, early. What about you? I think the 500% goes, and that's what makes this one really interesting to me, because I think the one is definitely going. I think the if 
if you had to bet your money on one horse rating between the one and the three, who would it be? Uh, I would, ooh. I'd say the three because it, it's Velasquez instead of Saez riding. And Velasquez has got a bit of Mike Smith in him in his old age. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's kind of how I landed on not throwing the three out here. I do think there's going to be a very hot pace in this race. It, it just seems like they are going to go and go and go. And it's going to set up for horses to be able to come from off of the pace, which is why I ended up on the eight horse locks, who's not a horse I'm super high on. Um, but it just feels like this horse gets the perfect pace set up here has some tactical speed. It's not like this one's slow. Was it a mile at Saratoga and was right on the lead at 47 seconds. Uh, was able to close into a 47 second half in the Breeders futurity, uh, was able to make some ground up into a 47 second half in the Breeders cup juvenile. And we saw Timberlake come back and flatter that race after fierceness came back and pooped on that race. I think Locke gets the setup here. Um, so I, I put the eight on top, although I don't, I don't love the five to two price. We'll see what this actually goes off at. I think Doorknock gets bet. I think Speakeasy gets bet off the board of that nine to two price because of that first race and the fact that Pletcher puts the horse here. Um, but I'm going to put Locked on top. So I'm against Locked, and, and for two reasons: one that's yeah, kind of minor, one that's a little more worrisome. So the setup at Gulfstream in a mile on the sixteenth means the race finishes at the sixteenth pole. So it's a shorter stretch. It tends to favor horses with speed unless you got a crazy turn of foot like Forte and just circle everybody and here you come. Um, Locke does have a good turn of foot. However, I think that if there's not a pace meltdown, which I think he's going to need an absolute meltdown to have a shot here, I don't think that he's going to be good enough to get up there. I think he definitely hits the board. I don't think he wins here. My bigger concern, this was not the intended start. The intended start was a Sam F. Davis stakes. And then he spiked a fever and then he missed an entire week of training. So he goes five, sixty. He goes twenty-one days between works, and then he has two works, and now he's here. I don't think he's fully keyed up for this. I don't think he's ready for this spot. And when I see a horse on the Derby Trail that spikes a fever, has to reroute and misses some time, and comes back on just two weeks, it makes me nervous. So I'm against him at five to two. I'm also very high on the five door knock. I think if there's a Derby winner in this race, I think it's door knock. Full brother to Kentucky Derby winner last year, Mage, who you very right. Uh, rightfully deserve all of the credit for for tipping that horse in that race doorknock to me i we haven't seen him rate because he i don't think he's been asked to really rate uh you look back at the sapling stakes at monmouth park when he was off just a little bit rushed up and was part of the pace uh the trainer said afterwards that he thinks he would have beaten noted in that spot he just didn't see him coming because noted was you know way outside and, and caught him late uh, but they were nine lengths clear of everyone. And by the way, second start maiden in that spot. And, and he managed to do that. Um, his debut, he loses to Seize the Gray in the slop. Seize the Gray just won his three-year-old uh, seasonal debut and is headed to a Kentucky Derby prep race for the coach. And then he wins two straight. He beats Sierra Lone in the Remsen. And Gargan said if he hadn't bumped the rail and let Sierra Leone come on him, come back on him, there would have been no Sierra Leone and then having to re-rally on him. But the fact that he was inside of Sierra Leone and had to re-rally and was able to do it. And we've seen Sierra Leone's turn of foot and how strong that is. It was very impressive to me here. He's been working lights out, fast works on the page, and Luis Saez is here. So I'm with Doorknock in this spot. I mean, I'm, I, I, the only thing I will say against your your mile and a 16th slander on Locked is he did win on a short stretch at Keeneland, which has the same setup. Um, he did, yes. So I, I, that would be my only response to that. I, with a pace I, meltdown, by the way. That, he yeah. did it because the pace completely collapsed, and it could happen here. Yeah, I think the argument is whether or not Doorknock goes. And then my other issue with Doorknock is the mile and an eighth race and the mile race at Monmouth. 
he was very slow to end those races. He was not fast. Um, and so the, the, the question is, are we going to have a, a better, more mature version at three than we did at two? Which, guess what? We should. It's just we don't know how what the difference is going to be there. Uh, the win at the Remsen was also a speed speed faded or speed favoring rail favoring day at Aqueduct, like notoriously on both of those, <laughs> which also gives him the edge there. How much you buy into that? Because I know some people like live and die by that and swear by it. Other people like it's not that huge of an advantage. Uh, but I've heard that from three or four people who work on the Naira circuit that have all said that's a that was a big time rail favoring speed favoring day. I I just couldn't get there because I think he goes. And that to me was like the bottom line is that if, if he goes, he's in trouble. And if he tries to go with, with the one and the three, there's there's going to be issues. And I think he ends up trying to go with the one and the three. We'll see what Saez does. We'll see what, what Velasquez does on Victory Avenue. Um, I think Speakeasy 100% goes. And then the question of is it the three, is it the five, and, and how the rest of this plays out. I wouldn't be shocked if it's all three up there. And that's what led me to the other horse I'm going to use here. I'm going to use the four horse Real Macho. Uh, mucho macho man out of a uh, curlin mayor so the distance shouldn't be an issue here horse took a nice step forward last time out beat merit beat born noble in that spot it was 26 to 1 uh you're getting 8 to 1 on the morning line this horse will go off longer than 8 to 1 i'm guessing we're talking about more like 15 to 1 when the actual race actually breaks and i i think real macho has a good chance of taking another step forward here going the mile into 16th and being able to hopefully make a run at these leaders if it does collapse to me he is the collapse horse where if this thing absolutely falls apart real macho is the one who's got a shot to come up and get it done i went too deep this is the other one i used but you mentioned everything that i liked about it as well as the fact that last time out was his first race without blinkers and uh Crichton, the the trainer said that after the race two back the allowance where he just was complete trash the whole time did our, our poor boy change of command um, hopefully he's okay. Uh, Castellano hopped off and said, I want to ride him back and I want you to take the blinkers off. And this horse has never raced without blinkers before. And so Crichton said, well, I'll do one of those things. Uh, I'll, I'll take the blinkers off. Uh, I feel kind of bad for Castellano that he lost the, the mount there when he said, do this and let me have the ride back because as you see, it worked out for him. But yeah, I'm with you on Real Macho here. Uh, very intriguing horse here. And, and I think that he will sit closer to the early pace than Locked will. And I have more faith in him coming with a real strong rush there than what Locke did just because again what I mentioned with Locke missing some time recently uh after the you know the the fever that he spiked there so uh I do like the four real macho in second I would like victory I probably would have victory avenue on this ticket if Luis Saez was riding it's no offense to Johnny V he's a hall of famer but I I I mm, Saez left for Dornock after being on that horse and knowing the Delgado family and you know being part of the 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 part of the mage train there so i i like victory avenue i think that he has a better chance of winning the florida derby than he does this spot which might sound a little weird but uh, i just want to see a little more seasoning out of victory avenue before i play him especially at four to one and, and he's you know he was hammered on debut you expect he's gonna get hammered again in this spot uh i don't think there's a way size could have stayed aboard that to me is like the that's true like <laughs> you have door knock is I think the second choice right now in future pools, if you look overseas to win the Derby, it would be hard to be like, hey, take uh, Victory Avenue, who's not listed in some of those pools, and go ahead and uh, and stay on him instead of door knock and open that up for somebody. Um, I, I I think Victory Avenue sky's the limit. I think he gets better going two turn or going longer, and mm -hmm. we'll see what, how like how he stretches out. But it's Arrogate out of Scat Daddy. I, I think he wants every bit of the distance that he gets. We'll see if he can rate. I mean, to me, that's like the one and the three. 
I don't think the one wants to wants to go longer than this. I think this is about as long as the one wants to go here at a mile and a sixteenth. The three to me has the ability to get the mile and a quarter, and is you mentioned if anyone wins the Derby out of here, to me it's probably Victory Avenue if anyone wins the Derby. Um, but it's it's going to take a lot to get there. It's going to take a lot to get there. Like the horse needs to show its ability to stalk and needs to improve here in the Florida Derby to possibly get to that point. But if I had to take one, I think Victory Avenue would be the horse I would take. His trainer, Gustavo Legato, everybody knows him as the trainer of, of Mage, rightfully so. I forgot. He was also Bodie Express's trainer. And we kind of laugh about that. He got second in the Florida Derby as a maiden, and he, you know, has the infamous Preakness, you know, riderless ride where he was having the time of his life. But Delgado's good with these horses where you're like, that's a maiden in this spot. It's like, well, hang on. Hang on. Delgado's yeah. not crazy. Delgado does well with these when people think he's nuts. So uh, he's got the right trainer there. Uh, before we get, uh, well, that'll be it for this one. But I did see the question from Vashan. Uh, the, the grade three Gotham Stakes, race 10, the final race at Aqueduct. Uh, I went with the, uh, the Clement horses. I think the Deterministic is a great horse to use, the three horse with uh, Rosario aboard. Uh, just a touch, I think, is good, but there's a... If you think there's speed in the Fountain of Youth, go look at the Gotham. Woo, yeah, there's I, some fast fast early horses in that. <laughs> I put the three on top. Let me take a peek real quick. Who's Deterministic? Um, yeah. I put the Cox horse, who is a favorite, in second. Uh, that's, uh, that's just a touch. Yeah. Uh, no, Bergen. No, I did. I put Bergen in as the Cox horse. Oh, you I put think. Bergen in second. Okay. Yeah, second. Like and then I, uh, I like the Capital Idea, all the way outside for Christophe Clement. That's a horse who I think takes advantage of the pace. You're getting twelve to one, McCarthy aboard, uh, and the fact that he has the three and also put the thirteen in, I also think tips your hand. The Capital Idea is a pretty darn good horse. I like the improvement from first to second start. Uh, and it, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a little wet up there. It was good today at Aqueduct. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some moisture in the track. We've already seen this one can handle that. Which rarely horses at Aqueduct, especially in the wintertime, if it's wet. They usually don't like to close. But, uh, yeah, you've got a, a, a horse here that did close well in the slop. Uh, the Gotham is shaping up like last year's Gotham, where it's like we got a huge field, 12, 13 horses, and at least nine and a half of them are go, 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 go. So yeah. you got to, like... You got to find that raised cane this year. That who's going to come from off of it? We're both thinking it's the three deterministic. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to cover the late pick five at Goldstream Park on Saturday, March 2nd. If you want our picks for all 14 races, make sure you check out the betting Bible for the, the Fountain of Youth Stakes. I still want to call it the Inside Track to the Wagering Guide. Aaron's got me brainwashed on that. It's stuck in there. Uh, but go check that over at RacingDudes.com. If it's not up right this second as I'm speaking live, it should be up by the time you hear this um, podcast. Speaking of podcasts, if you're listening, we're going to give our tickets one last time for you. If you're watching on screen, you can take a look down below. I'm going to go 2510 with 235 with 2310 with 236 with 45 for $81. You also have an $81 ticket. I do. Uh, I'm playing a very similar style here, just going too deep in a different race. I'm going to go 257 with 45, with 234, with 234, with 348. That's 81 bucks for 50 cents. Uh, uh, Yeah, just a few minutes here. It's going to be Dudes Who Bet Sports, Papa Dude and Aaron talking college basketball, and then an early preview of Major League Baseball season. I can't believe it's... uh, I mean, it is going to be March 1st tomorrow, so it, it makes sense, but... Uh, do you have any preseason, uh, you like to give out win totals or anything like that? Do you have any over-unders on win totals you like right now? I like the Cincinnati Reds, over 82.5 wins, plus 100. Ooh. And the Kansas City Royals, over 73.5 wins, 
as well as plus 850 to win the division. Right, Aaron? Right, Aaron? Great pick. Great pick. I love the Royals pick. Love the Royals that were battling the Oakland A's for supremacy in terms of dog shit last year. You think go over 73 and a half wins? Yep. See, this is this is why it's going to happen when 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 the guy when when the guy who's square says you're fucking crazy. Pardon my language. <laughs> that's when it happens. <laughs> I love 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 the Royals pick. I love it. I couldn't love it anymore. I they're going to try this year. They've tried in the off season to get better. They weren't disgusting at the very end of last mm-hmm. year. They got a young team. That division sucks. Something fierce. They can do it. <laughs> yes. They can do it. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get magic a baby blue Royals jersey. That's fine with me. I may go get I'm one. I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong. I was asking for clarification that that's the same team we're talking about. <laughs> well, listen, the difference is the, the A's are trying to lose every game they play. This you know, is true. as far as a management standpoint, not the players, obviously or the managers, but uh, upper management. Where the Royals are saying we really want to build this new stadium. Let's spend some money for the first time in forever. Let's try to get some wins. And by the way, we don't have to be that much better to beat teams like the White Sox and the Tigers. And you know, so anyway. Uh, Aaron, who'd you like? Who'd you like plus money on the ice tonight? Uh, I'm le- okay. I got real greedy tonight, Samich. But listen, I like plus money games. I went Red Wings minus a goal and a half at plus two hundred. Okay, and- I played the minus one fifteen money line. Okay, well, that's probably the better play. Uh, and it's my then, best bet today. Love it. <laughs> it's a better play if they win by one. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then uh, I also played Nashville minus the goal and a half at plus 190. So those are my I got them at plus 205. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's Listen, go, baby. I love those two games. It's math, right? Play them. All you got to do is split them. It's a good night. Yeah. You plus me equals us, baby. Let's go. That's exactly right. That's what I always say, Samich. <laughs> uh, well, we'll let you go, Aaron, and we'll let everybody else go because it's about right. time for Dudes Who Bet Sports. You check out the betting bio for the Fountain Views. Takes over at RacingDudes.com. Get all of our expert picks there. Uh, you can check that out. Thanks for showing up, Aaron. That was great. Yeah, he was in the background doing this as Samich was giving his Royals pick before it came on screen there. Any final words before we get out of here, Mike? Uh the Gulfstream card on Saturday is phenomenal. Like we talk about these stakes days sometimes and how they're good cards, there's bad cards. This is a 14 race card, multiple pick fives. We're talking like eight to 12 horses in every single race, deep fields. You've got live long shots. It's a great betting card on Gulfstream or for Gulfstream on Saturday. <laughs> I'll make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowart. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Again, due to Bet Sports in just a minute from now. And then Blinkers Off was already live earlier talking all four Kentucky Derby prep picks. That's right. If you want Turfway Park picks, they actually talked about it over there because we're never doing that on this show. Sorry, Rodney. We're never touching Turfway Park again. Sorry about that. But. We'll be back on Monday for some sort of a recap because, like I said, four different derby preps along with three Kentucky Oaks preps we haven't even talked about. So tune in then. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week and good luck to the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Love that minus 115. Go get them, boys. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.